You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 64 of Double Jump Radio. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? Hey, um, I'm doing pretty well, pretty chill today. How about you? Yeah, yeah, me too. It's... um. We, I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago that we, we were thinking about getting a new place, and we've kind of shortlisted a few, um, few, a couple of places. So now it's just kind of figuring out the finances and the, lo- you know, comparing the the pros and cons of each. Bo- boring adult stuff. If you, <laughs> what about you? You've had the chance to play, uh, to watch a few things, so I'm, I'm excited to hear about your thoughts um, later in the show. Yeah, we'll run through. Yeah, run through them then. But mm. I watched Bahu Bali two. I think it's technically called Bah. Uh, I think I'm mispronouncing it a bit. Bahu Bali is that it? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, Bahu Bali: The Conclusion. After watching the first one like three or four months ago, and forgot mm. to watch the second one. They're very long movies. Yeah. And then and um. Pretty standard. R Yep. Triple R or I'm not actually sure how it's pronounced. Um. Yeah. I think it's just Triple R. Blockbusters. Yeah, that's what, yeah. So I figured <laughs> I watched Lightyear, the Pixar movie, because that mm. just went on, on Disney Plus. Yeah. And Prey, the new Predator movie. Nice. Which I really enjoyed. And we'll talk about how much I enjoyed it later. Oh, that's great <laughs> to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, let's um let's uh kick things off by talking about what was on the site this past week. Um we had uh Jake uh put up uh, another another helping of gaming news via the double jump digest a couple of days ago so um catch up have a have a read through that if you don't want to listen to john and i ramble on about last week's news for a while um and then we had uh kate uh write about uh cyberpunk 2077 and and i guess like kind of pointing out the fact that it's uh i don't know it's um it's it's more style than substance in a way john you 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 um you had some some thoughts there yeah it's uh not to um what's the word prop myself up but it's kind of like i think it's kind of like a decent like oh it's much better b-side to my article from some time ago listing Mm. all the transphobia in the lead up to its release yes 20 27 27 seven still makes me really angry i don't like it that it exists um i'm glad it crashed and burned so hard and i hope that doesn't really change as an overall situation for cyberpunk regardless um kate wrote a very good essay that just went up very much just went up so we mm. didn't have much have had much time to go over it i have read it but you know i'm going to reread it again a little bit later but she basically goes over what you just said a lot mm. of style over substance very little substance whatsoever as a cyberpunk work um some like you know problematic depictions of um yeah kind of asian groups of um and just like a lot of very shallow surface level thematic elements yeah that just like you know nothing really comes together in a way that makes you think of anything which yeah. is not particularly new not in particularly new insight but it is a you know very detailed worthwhile insight mm. co- you know to read and come back to and yeah it's good to be reminded of it 
kind yeah. of especially from my <laughs> especially like the depiction of I guess Asian Americans in the game world that is very reminiscent of I guess the era of the original cyberpunk tabletop game and and like books like Neuromancer you know this kind of like sort of reverence but also I don't know like ob- objectification of like Asian people like you know what I mean like especially Japanese yeah. culture yeah it's not um there's not much respect mm. there it's like yeah. one thing Kate mentions that I, I was I don't think I was aware of at all this is like um one line it says when you hide from them in a fight like the tiger claws which yeah. is the kind of yakuza inspired gang in 27-7 they said they could cajole you about your lack of honor for your cowardly behavior echoing sentiments about japanese people that best belong in a ww uh, world war ii <laughs> propaganda film <laughs> i'm reading in a, a new japan pro wrestling uh, <laughs> promo yeah oh, yeah <laughs> yeah no definitely it's, it's kind of like that stereotypical uh, thing about honor and you know i don't know essentially being a ronin you know serving no master being a renegade you know kind of those ideas that yeah probably don't apply to especially talking about 55 years in the future you think you know you'd be so many generations removed that you probably don't even like you know (laughs) have any attachment to like world war ii era um yes it's very retro by that (laughs) yes yeah bad way yeah but no, that if uh, folks at home uh, head over to head over to doublejump.co and and read uh, Kate's excellent article now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, all good. <laughs> uh, maybe I thought maybe it was your your cat. <laughs> I thought it was, but it's a dog being very um, depressing next oh. door. Oh wow! I, I it <laughs> oh no! I hope he's okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's not <laughs> Well, uh, let, let's move on to uh, the news section then, because we've got we've got some fun stories to talk about this week. John, we've got we've got uh, uh, some news coming by the world from via Microsoft. Tell us what's going on yes. with the te- good old Team Green. Mm. Yeah, so this is a follow-up to a story we kind of briefly um, kind of followed or covered last mm. week, um, basically about how there were a number of publishers that submitted, uh, I guess, I'm not sure, uh, statements, I guess, to um, that. Last week, it was about the New Zealand government. Um, Sony submitted a report a statement that was very kind of aggressive and disagreeable to Microsoft. You could say um, that. <laughs> acquiring, yes. Um, acquiring Activision Blizzard. Every other publisher was more or less cool with it. It's just Sony. Um, one thing they highlighted was that Call of Duty is too central, I guess, like too significant to the larger gaming market and industry that it yeah. should be subsumed into Microsoft. Because it's just you know unfair from Sony's yeah. point of view. Um, that was kind of the crux of their argument. Um, in a statement, in a document submitted to the Brazilian government as part of this investigation, so this is kind of like a worldwide thing that it applies to a number of governments. This is the Brazilian government's mm. part in the story. Uh, Microsoft has kind of 
submitted a rebuttal that says that includes claims that Sony has actually paid developers to block rights to putting their game on games big, on that's Xbox a pretty game big Files. claim yeah but it's basically Microsoft I'm not sure how real that claim is I kind of, I kind of get the sense it might have been more I don't know it's a, it's 27 pages of a rebuttal there's mm-hmm. a lot in there it's wide ranging um this is so this kind of could have been one sort of speculative bit that sounds a lot bigger than it maybe is or maybe it really is like a real thing that's happening it's not hard to but it's basically microsoft's main objection to sony's own objection is that sony's current like dominance in the game market is to do with them pushing for exclusivity and purchasing it in their own right so you know they're basically calling out the hypocrisy on sony's part yeah um as part of this rebuttal microsoft go on to say that they have previously managed to grow Game Pass without Activision Blizzard titles. Mm. So they're trying to suggest that Call of Duty isn't all that essential to yeah. the brand or to Microsoft or whatever. Um, and there's also their reiteration, just reiterating that Call of Duty will remain multi-platform, which they've said before. Um, and yeah, and then like just kind of come back to that point about Sony's own exclusivity arrangements. There's a quote that's been Google translated um, <laughs> that says, quote, the use of exclusive arrangements has been the heart of Sony's strategy to strengthen its presence in the gaming industry and says that Sony's concerns are, quote, incoherent, um, given that by virtue of PlayStation's dominant market share, the company is the leader in the distribution of digital games. So, um, yeah, so basically from Microsoft's perspective, Sony's fear isn't that the acquisition will hamper its ability to compete, mm. but the Game Pass will um, will threaten the mar- their market leadership. Yeah. Um, quote, forged from a device-centric strategy and focused on exclusivity. So it's, I don't know, mudslinging, basically. Yeah. It's like, it's you kind of, <laughs> they're both kind of right. It's all just kind of corporate, yeah. Uh, what do you call it a spat i guess i'm not sure it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not much to um yeah it's got some good points but it's yeah i don't know what do you think of it it's like i'm 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 sure these things can happen like it's it's probably i know microsoft um like uh, i know like microsoft and sony have gone back and forth especially with titles like Call of Duty where they've um where they've kind of paid for the co-marketing. So, I don't know if this I don't know how much evidence there is to to back this up. You know, it's a pretty pretty big bold claim, you know what I mean? Like I I get that it's um you know, uh that it's I guess a, a rebuttal to Sony's action, like to what Sony's claimed last week, but yeah, like if if this comes out to be true, I wonder what like people will say because like obviously the Sony fanboys are going to be like you know full on rioting, but I wonder if like even people who've been like kind of pro pro Microsoft might come in and be like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? It's it's really difficult to gauge. 
yeah i'm not sure if it's um yeah i don't know like i guess it would just a lot of it will just depend on how the individual governments respond to these arguments yeah. I, I guess i guess that's the point of them so i'm not really sure how else these kind of statements can have effects other yeah. than just trying to kind of have like you know kind of a cascading effect yeah on how the market views both companies so yeah i don't know and at the end of the day i'm sure this is like i guess i believe that things like this have happened but i don't think it's kind of like written in contracts i think this is more like a kind of verbal it may be like you know here's some co-marketing money quote-unquote or here's some um you know here's some capital for future like it has a goodwill or by the way um you know can you not put your game on game pass <laughs> yeah maybe yeah uh, yeah who knows um yeah because I, I just signed up for playstation plus extra the middle tier to get stray because it was only a few dollars more to get the whole subscription with stray mm. i mean i'm bummed out that stray doesn't run at 60 frames per second on the ps4 pro but you know, it, at least it's not like a Twitch game. I'm sure I'll be fine. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I wonder if like maybe Microsoft has been doing stuff like this in the back end. And then that'll come maybe. out next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... um, Yeah, I guess because they've both got services now mm. that are kind of actually competing, which yeah. is not as true last time. That's like, yeah. you know, might be a bit of behind the scenes uh, agreements. Exactly. Such. I don't. Can you get Xbox upfront? Can you pay for like twelve months anymore? I thought they got rid of that, like Game Pass Ultimate and stuff. I feel like they got rid of those know. cards. I remember that. I, yeah, I remember that news. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't have an Xbox, so can't say. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think about it. Yeah, uh, I think I remember them starting to go away. So, but you know what? We'll uh, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, speaking of Xbox. Yes. Yeah, so the next piece of news coming from the world of Xbox is that Microsoft um, has officially rolled out its, uh, I guess it's a GDK Game Developers Kit. And as part of the, uh, the recent release, uh, Microsoft's, uh, I guess, internal uh, game development team has revealed that uh, game developers will be able to access more of the console's shared uh, memory to use uh, for uh, video functions, so for graphics, um, like the PS4. Uh, so like the PS4, um, the the memory on the Xbox is shared between the system uh, and, and uh, video memory. So, you know... Part of the memory is used to run all the functions in in the game, or you know, all the apps running in the background, and then the rest, and then uh, the rest of the a certain part of the men, uh, memory is available to developers to use for graphical tasks. You know, running the graphics on the screen, uh, loading textures, and things like that. But one of the, I guess, the criticisms is that you know the Xbox Series S being a cheaper system, it, it it's designed to perform at it. I, I guess if if the four K if the Xbox One X, sorry, Xbox Series X is targeting a 4K resolution, then the Xbox Series S is targeting a 1440p resolution, which is kind of like the in-between, uh, like, uh, 1080p, which is considered 2K, and, like, 2160p, which is considered 4K. So this is kind of like the in-between. And 
by freeing up video memory, it means that developers can eke out even get as much performance as they can from a like kind of a mid mid powered system like the Series S. And also, it means that potentially, uh, like games that aren't as, I guess, demanding, can use that extra memory for high resolution textures to kind of make up for it. So, basically, the main thing with video memory is that a lot of the things like like your textures are generally uh, heavily rely on the amount of video memory you have. So, if you got limited memory, you're gonna have you, you're not gonna be able to load like high resolution textures then. Uh, than you'd like so this is one way to get i guess extra image quality without i guess penalizing the player so this this could be like a great this is a great move i don't think it's gonna um i don't think anyone's gonna complain about it and it's it's up to the developers to kind of figure out exactly how to use it um and as digital foundry has previously pointed out that developers have kind of highlighted the fact that the the lack of video memory has been an issue in optimizing games for the series s um because Unlike Sony, where both PS5s are essentially the same in terms of power, they just have different. Like one has a disc drive, one has an optical disc drive, one doesn't. The Series S and the Series X fundamentally has have different um, processes in them, and, and different amounts of memory. So that'll that affects the performance there. So this 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 should be great because the Series S is like a really hot seller. I think like I, I have a feeling it outsells the Series X. Um, but only because it's more available. I feel like the the Series X has been really affected by the chip shortage rather than the Series S because it's like the Series S is always available, and but yeah, it's still like always I selling. Go buy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's um that's that's going to do it for for the Microsoft section of this week's news. I guess um, the. The next set of announcements, uh, the next set of stories are coming uh, via Evo uh, 2022. So Evo is the, I guess, the most well-known fighting game tournament uh, in the world. And it was held uh, this past weekend. Um, I think it was in Las Vegas, but I could be wrong. Because, uh, anyway, it, it, it was over the weekend. And as part of the Evo... I guess, uh, kind of festivities one of the things that everyone looks forward to is the the list of announcements that come out um every uh i guess every um every evo and and the 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 main announcements uh, are the reveals of kimberly and jury from street in street fighter 6 so uh kimberly was actually was actually kind of like teased or uh, like Unwill, unwittingly teased during the 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 uh, Street Fighter Six gameplay reveal during Summer Games Fest. So like her character portrait, I think showed up in some of the background art, and I think I think okay. um, and her name showed up in some of the the rankings or something in one of the screens within the game. So it was kind of um uh, it was kind of like hinted at that she was going to be there. So uh, I don't know how to describe her fighting style. It's very to me, it's like um, ninjutsu meets like uh, lucha libre. I don't know how to describe it. Like, okay, if you, yeah, if you I remember, like, yeah, I think, <laughs> think in game she's been trained by one of the another in game character. I don't know yeah. any Street Fighter characters. Like um, like a like a yeah, like a ninja, like yeah, someone or other. I really don't know. 
Yeah. I was hoping you'd know. Yeah, so <laughs> she's a, she's the she's the new ninja in the game. So Ibuki was the the previous ninja character. And um so she she's kind of like the the new generation of she's part of the new generation of fighters. Um uh, alongside uh Jamie and Luke. Yeah, I was, I was like what what other generic name was there in there? <laughs> and the the second character returning uh, the second character that uh, Capcom announced was uh, Jury. So the, how should I put it? Like the very like, I was gonna say sexually aggressive, but I don't know. Like very like, f- very um, self-assured, self-confident Taekwondo fighter from South Korea, uh, Jury, who's like, like her Is vicious. Like, a good word. Yeah, I'd say vicious. Like she's just like. Deadly kicks, like really fast gameplay, uh, really fast kind of fighting style. And she had like a, I don't know, she had like an eye patch, but it was like some weird crystalline. I don't know what it what it is, some sort of like some sort of demon devil's eye, and it's sort of like a devil Kazuya or something like that. But uh, she's, uh, I don't know, she's kind of like imagine Harley Quinn mixed with the devil Kazuya mixed with um, like the mixed with like a a taekwondo like like master and you've got jury uh, and who loves pink <laughs> that's that's kind of like the way i'd describe her so she's she's returning to the series in street fighter 6 uh she's a well if if you go by all the fan art she's a she's a fan favorite i'll put it that way <laughs> i don't know how else to put it really um so yeah she's she's returning as well so uh the next uh, announcement uh was that uh bridget uh, is going to kick off uh, the first uh, wave of characters from season, sorry, season pass two for Guilty Gear Strive. So Bridget has appeared in previous games, and in this game she is confirmed to be a trans woman. So the I think the backstory now is that she was she was born male uh, with a male twin, and in her town. Having twins of the same uh, sex was considered a bad a bad omen. So, in order to protect her, her parents raised her as a girl. So, biologically, she was male, but you know, uh, gender-wise, she was raised uh, female. And I guess, like in this game, it's kind of. Uh, I think the developer Arc System Works has now come out and confirmed that's kind of the case, and and that she is a trans woman. So, I mean, the only other trans kind of fighting game character i can think of is poison from like street fighter slash final fight but i think with that that was also very controversial because i i don't think at that time the the depiction of trans character was kind of very tasteful i think Uh, I, i don't know how to put it i think it was just kind of that trope of you know the the trans uh character like she was i think she was like a like a prostitute or something and it was like very hypersexualized, which i think is like a trope that i think is i think going away i don't know if what's i haven't seen any media that i can think of that has like kind of trans characters baiting like that you know i don't know um but yeah, yeah. she's like a because of poison right am i instantly poison yeah out a bit yeah um yeah like um she is that, I actually don't know much about poison. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, it's like problematic at the time. It's kind of probably got a little better over time when she appeared in yeah. Street Fighter Five, but it's kind of you know a relic of a particularly 
not great era yeah. for people of um, that type. Yeah. Um, and the next announcement uh, was... Oh, it was right here. Here we go. The next announcement was that uh, Tekken 7 is getting some additional... Uh, developer support within Bandai Namco, which is great because it's a fucking awesome game. And um, hopefully this means that these developers are basically getting primed to take on the new Tekken project, which uh, at the end of the video that's on screen right now, like the kind of the kind of the announcement video for the global finals, uh, the Tekken World Tour tournament that happens every year. Um, at the end of the video, which I'll kind of skip to, we actually get... Uh, <laughs> so we get like a, a vision of, I think, Tekken 2, like the cutscene in Tekken 2 of Kazuya throwing Haihachi off the cliff. Um, I think it's on Tekken 2. It looks like it might be a Tekken 2 thing. Um, of him like kind of that... You know that you always see that gif of Kazuya looking at the camera and smiling very creepily, like the very early CGI or whatever it was from the PS1. So now uh, there's kind of like a kind of like a, an Unreal Engine four slash five reimagining of that smirk um, of Devil with of uh, Kazuya with the Devil Eye kind of highlighted, but he's smirking, and it's kind of uh and the text get ready on the screen kind of hints at the fact that you know tekken this might be a like a teaser for a tekken 8 announcement coming very soon possibly to coincide with the the finale of the tekken world tour which um i'm super excited for because uh because oh. tekken is awesome when's that that world tour that's not very far away um okay global finals of this year will be held in february 2023 so the okay so the thing okay then i'll take that back i think with katsuhiro harada the the kind of the long time tekken series director retweeting the game awards kind of screenshot of that picture i don't know if i'm reading too much into it maybe we could see an announcement at, at the game awards but maybe he was just looking for the like the easiest tweet to retweet that had the image so it could be like sp- yeah reading into it but too much i think it would be nice to see it sooner yeah. rather than later yeah so i actually yeah i wanted to say like i actually really love that teaser it's so like it's so blink and you miss it and it's so yeah. like nothing but it's like it's, it's exciting like it's provoking you know people who especially at evo you know it's like they kind of 100%. it's hard to you can't get any other answer against like okay there's a new tech happening like yeah. there's not really anything else you can think or you're that you're meant to think but it's very um i don't know it's like it's such a yeah it's it's just like it's so stylish it's so quick it's so like it's like i, I don't know maybe it's just because i watched the yeah, that game awards clip where it has like the crowd cheering in the background yeah so it's like get ready in this like switch and it kind of like lingers on kazuya for a bit and you hear the crowd cheering <laughs> behind it and it's like it's like man i'm hyped now what, i don't know anything but <laughs> yeah what the i think what the te- the tekken team needs to do is to make sure the game is cross-platform because i think that's what held it back I think like Tekken Seven was like really successful, and and really well loved because it, it's a great game. Like it's really well made, but I think if Tekken Eight comes out and it's not cross-platform, I think that'll be a real real bummer, because it could be a great way to get a lot of people into three D fighters. Um, given the fact that you know, like 
uh, I don't know if there are many fighting games like Tekken that are like kind of active anymore. Like even Virtual Fighter, like they did that Virtual Fighter Five kind of re-release, like I don't know what was it, online version or something last year yeah. or the year before. That was kind of free, but like even then, like if you think of a three D fighting game, like I, I can't think of off the top of my head oh, another like one that's Soul Calibur yeah. and Dead or Alive, and both of them are in like hibernation. Yeah, and I think Soul Calibur Six was a PS three game. Was it a PS3? I don't think it was a P- I don't uh, think no, there's a was it PS4? Yeah, it was. Yeah, but was it made for PS4 or did it just cu- it came to it afterwards? That's what I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure it's on PS4 mainly. Like okay. I don't think that's a PS3 version. Yeah, let me let me I check. might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But um Soul uh, Calibur. Yeah, I'd imagine that um 2018, like, like, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. like every other fighting game, I'm pretty sure um most people are hoping for rollback with Tekken because I'm pretty sure Tekken is like especially bad with netcode, even amongst it's not the fighting best. games right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like I, yeah, so that would help too. Like, yeah, but yeah, like, I, like basically modern networking support would be <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, like every other game. Yeah, and um, and basically like the common thing in in Tekken is that. I believe it actually surfaces whether or not you're connected via Wi-Fi or wired, and people will straight oh, yeah. up disconnect if they see that you have Wi-Fi <laughs> because of yeah. the netcode. Because the uh, you know um, the to make it short, I guess the two main types of netcode when it comes to uh, fighting games, one is input delay, and one is uh, rollback netcode. Uh, input delay is when when there's a discrepancy between players, like one pers- one player's uh, internet and the other ones I believe the the player with the better internet their inputs like the the controls the buttons they press the result of those inputs is delayed to match the slower player's connection so what that means is that that really affects the feel and the flow of the game as as I, as I understand it um, whereas rollback netcode I think is just the game adjusts the animations on screen to make um to to make the like i guess uh gameplay smooth for both players so there's still some correction happening but it's more even which is ideal and i believe that's what ggpo which is most um which the the canon brothers who co-founded evo are most famous for developing that and that's what um I guess we talked about last week, Project L at uh, um, at Riot, Riot Games. <laughs> I was like thinking, which which company that's been that has a toxic workplace culture? Do I name? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, ha- has that, and that's like a big feature for them. And so at Evo, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I'm trying to think. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I think King of Fighters got rollback netcode. Um, oh no, that was just new characters for it. I'm just trying to think. Um, yeah, that's right. Pers- oh, and, uh, Persona uh, Four, Samurai Showdown, um, Persona Four, Arena Ultimax getting roll, rollback netcode, um, and we've got a new trailer for Umbral Core, which is like an indie game, indie fighting game. Um, the other thing uh, is, uh, you know, Marie is coming to Skullgirls, which I forgot that Skullgirls is still like alive and kicking, <laughs> and apparently has a really healthy uh, player base. Uh, there were some. Um, multiverses announcements there um which uh, uh, in that uh rick and morty are coming and going to kick off um i guess season one because technically multiverses hasn't gone 
to like and it hasn't left early access yet and uh, according to i guess uh, like unofficial data has already boasted 10 million players which is crazy um and then dragon ball fighter z is also getting rollback netcode so there's there's some great things happening and the the final i guess the final uh, announcement that uh, folks would be really interested in is uh there's actually uh SNK uh, revealed the fact that it's working on a new Fatal Fury slash Garou game. So, Fatal Fury was the original kind of fighting game series from which the King of Fighters series came out of. Um, I think even Samurai Showdown has got some shared blood there. So, uh, I think the most famous Fatal Fury game, I think, is Fatal Fury Mark of the Wolves or, or Mark of the Garou Mark of the Wolves in. in um, Japan, I think that's like, and that I believe that was like late nineties, and that was a very yeah. rare game on the Neo Geo. Yeah, the Neo Geo system, which was like the, which is like the arcade home console kind of um, hybrid system that they made in the in the nineties. So it's a it's it's a great time to be a fighting game fan, and like John, I would. I don't is Tekken in the the PlayStation Extra tier. I'm, I don't think it... Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but I know I it's been a previous so. free game, I think, on PlayStation Plus. I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm it's a good sure. game. If you, if you want to, like, yeah. have, like, if you want to um, kind of think of, like, a fighting game you want to kind of play, I think Tekken's a really good one. Um, even mm. Guilty Gear Strive's good because um, it's got, like, a good tutorial that kind of... It's got the type of tutorial in, in Guilty Gear Strive that actually kind of explains situations and what moves you do in those situations, which I think is like kind of half the battle, not just knowing how to do the moves, but also what to do when someone's jumping at you or when they're sliding towards you, when they're dashing towards you and things like that. So uh, yeah. I would um, yeah, I would encourage you to try that out if it ever goes on sale. Which <laughs> uh, which one? Tekken or Strive? Either. I think Tekken would be okay. much cheaper. So Strive's on sale right now, so I could buy it, but I'm yeah. like, I'm happy. Like, I don't know, I'm waiting a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine, man. Um, yeah, but yeah, Tekken Seven I think is cheaper anyway. Like, I don't think it's actually yeah, no really cheap frequently. <laughs> yeah, like I think um, yeah, I went to my f- like for my um like bachelor party. We just afterwards we just went and played went to my friend's house and just played some Tekken. And he, I don't think he owned the game. Or something, and he literally just bought it for like ten bucks. Mm. But the funny <laughs> yeah, thing it's all was, the DLC that gets you. The weird thing was, um, if you like just saw the, the, I don't know, maybe it was Street, yeah, I think like that. But like even Street Fighter was weird because like if you went to like the official game store page, it was full price. But then if you went into the PlayStation Plus kind of like sales page, that's when you'd see it for like twelve bucks. So I don't know what the hell was going on there. Maybe that's like a cheeky little um thing. I don't know. That was so weird. But hey, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. There's like I think there's oh maybe they've removed it, but I'm pretty sure there's three versions of Street Fighter Five available. Because there's arcade mm. version and then there's champion version. Yeah. They're all Oh yeah, sales. <laughs> I, I. This is what happens to me every Street Fighter. I always buy the base game, like at or near launch, and then as soon as like like whenever they come to the next revision or whatever, that by that time I've like kind of jumped off because I've had no like 
I think like back in Street Fighter 4, it was still very early on in like online gaming for like PS3. And it didn't have a fight stick or anything, but now I think I'll definitely give it, like definitely have more fun with it. But I'm a Ken player, so not seeing Ken so far is like really bumming me out. But I, I'm I'm hoping that he that we will see what he what he's uh, what he's like because apparently the the in law he's like really down on his luck. His wife's left him and all this shit. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> see if he still has his banana hair hair from Street Fighter Five. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what what fruit hair he's got now. Um, <laughs> Pineapple this time. Yeah. So. Um, and and the final announcement, which I, I think a lot of people are gonna uh, enjoy, is that uh, I'll see if I can get a video up for it. So, okay, one up. So arcade one up, which uh, folks might know of as uh, ha- like the. I'm gonna see if I can show off where the actual video is. Sorry, the announcement. Sorry, sorry, folks. I know this is riveting video. Is uh, basically arcade one up, which is kind of a a how should I put it? Like a kind of third party arcade. Like they're basically known for bringing classic arcade games, uh, uh like modernizing them so that you can buy it. A, an, a ready-made arcade machine that has all the ROMs loaded on it and it's like kind of like an, a, a more affordable way of basically having the arcade experience without buying an old machine and with a, like a you know 200 kilo CRT with potentially deadly mercury leaking out of it or whatever you know was in those machines. <laughs> this one won't explode. <laughs> and and basically <laughs> yeah and basically uh, as part of this um, oh my god if I can get if the video will load, because maybe I have too many tabs open, who knows? Uh, my computer is is like not handling this. Um, is the fact that uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two is uh, is coming to I guess stores soon in in arcade form. So Arcade One Up is going to release an updated version of its arcade cabinet with. Uh, not only Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which hasn't been released digitally in since the Xbox 360, I think, generation. I think there was like a re-release of that then. And I think it's been delisted since, possibly due to rights and things like that. So it's going to have all the versus games that existed before. Um, so it's going to have Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Marvel vs. Capcom 1. I think there was like uh, X-Men vs. Street Fighter... I'm pretty sure there was also Marvel vs. Street Fighter. I know there was like different kind of like kind of uh, permutations of that. So um, yeah, so that's that's going to happen as well. Buy those things in Australia? Like, I'm curious. Like, you know, I wonder if 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 you can. I'm definitely gonna. I think I'm. This might be like one of those presents that I get because it's like Mm. it's like a full on stand up arcade cabinet with the artwork and everything. Um, Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. So they've worked behind the scenes to make sure the um, yeah. So I'll tell you. So the games that it comes with are Marvel vs. Capcom two, Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter. That's the one I was thinking of. X Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes, X Men Children of the Atom, X Men Mutant Apocalypse, and Marvel Superheroes in War of the Gems. Which um, yeah, because like basically those Capcom kind of fighting games were basically War of the Gems. War of the That's gems. funny and I thought. Yeah, instead of Infinity War. Imagine imagine yeah. the movie was called 
Avengers War of the Gems <laughs> instead. Um, no money made. Yeah. And, and they're like $600 US, which actually, if you think about what you're getting, is actually pretty good. Because you're getting arcade quality, like you're basically getting an arcade cabinet with a, like a modern display, um, real arcade authentic controls. And like you get, you're getting the experience, but you're not, you know, $600 US. Like that's probably about a thousand bucks Australian. Australian. Yeah. yeah. Close, like it's not yeah. cheap, cheap, but like considering what you're getting, it's like probably really good value, especially for the work that's gone into it. I feel like it's really good value for if you're really into it. Yeah, I feel like to me as someone who doesn't know those games, it's like <laughs> oh, it's a lot of money. Let's. I mean, it is yeah. a lot of money regardless. I get what you yeah. mean. Like I think the. I, I think I'd have to have like I feel like I'd have to like <laughs> play it in person to yeah. get a good sense of it, and it's like oh, okay, now I see what value is, sort of thing. Yeah. So. Sounds too expensive. I think this is one of those things that, like, like VR headsets, it's like a game. It's like a tech dad thing. Like you know, you're 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 of the generation where you, you where you're you can you're still young enough to have fun, but you're old enough to be able to afford these toys. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, goes in the man cave that everyone has. I really hate yeah. that term. <laughs> That's yeah. just the only one I had in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like a quintessential man cave kind of thing, I guess, if we yeah. if we uh, think about it. But uh, the the next story, uh, the next set of story, I guess, the next set of news comes from the world of Splatoon and the game that I thought was already out, which is Splatoon Three. <laughs> John, tell us about the direct that happened. I think it was earlier today, right? Yeah. Oh. Was it today? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Time for me to talk for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I like, I mean, as in like every time that we do a podcast, there's always a period where I talk for 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> okay. So from the direct, went for 30 minutes for Splatoon 3, which is coming out September 9. People who, because I, I forgot, <laughs> and I'm very excited yeah, for not, it. After not this long. Direct. It's like a month away. Yeah. It's, it's clo- closer than I thought. Uh, which is the opposite of you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, um, yeah, so a lot of like kind of basic core details for the game revealed this time after kind of getting bits and pieces over the months. So there will be twi- 12 maps at launch. This includes five brand new maps alongside seven maps from previous games. Um, new maps will be released as post launch DLC. Um, the direct showed two new abilities in game. So one is Squid Surge, you can swim up the wall in a single burst, and Squid Roll, which is jump out of the ink. So if you're like currently, if you don't know how Splatoon works, you're either running around with a gun or you're like diving into ink that is your color, as you know, just being a squid underneath the surface of it. So if you're a squid, you jump out of the ink in reverse direction and repel enemy fire. As you do so, that's what the squid roll, squid roll is. Um, they showed off a number of new weapons. So the Tri-Stringer, which has been shown since it was announced. It's like a bow that you can charge up and fires in three directions. There's a Splatana Wiper, which is like Katana wordplay, which is fun. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's a sword that you charge up and fires blades of inks blades of ink in front of you um, there's a Tacti Cooler, which is a fridge with four energy drinks. So you kind of put it down pops up with like four cans and then as you walk past you and your team members can get a buff Mm. Um, there's a wave breaker which is a radar that pings enemy locations and it also damages them if it hits and the thief slider which is like a shark floaty toy that kind of hunts down 
foes and explodes. Um, <laughs> and then there's like a number of weapons and or main weapons and super weapons, I think, or something um, that are returning from previous games as well. Mm. After that, um, Salmon Run, which is like the PVE horde mode that was debuted in the last game, Platoon 2. Uh, this one is called Splatoon Run Next Ru- Next Run, which is we I think we I think the last time Splatoon three was shown off. That's what we learned. Um, this time it can be played anytime, which was unlike Splatoon two, which was I guess controversially, divisively, whatever word. It was kind of locked to like a really irregular schedule, so it was like basically every other day you could play it, but if you like you might log into a day it's like you can't play it at all it'll just tell you the next time you can play it i guess it was like the gran turismo lobby system where you have like a date and time for when you have to <laughs> when you have to be there to play yeah um after that was um anarchy battle this is basically kind of the ranked system in splatoon so there's solo and group options yeah very you know kind of modern competitive game options um, with four rotating modes, which is Splat Zones, yep. Tower Control, Rainmaker, yep. and Clan Blitz. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of them are. They look fun. Um, there's an improved <laughs> lobby with... Um, that. All they showed off was kind of that your friend, in-game friends, they appear as holograms if they're playing. And if you walk up to them and you can kind of join into their games like as they're playing. I'm not sure if it's like if you're joining one side or if you're just kind of joining the lobby to enter next time. I don't know how it works. But it's um, basically just kind of making the whole process smoother of being able to actually play with your friends, basically. Yeah, which is the main thing because Lord knows playing with other people on the Switch isn't exactly the easiest thing. Yeah, I'll get at that now, actually. <laughs> it's like they, they also showed off Splatnet near the end of the 30 minutes, which is basically... As I understand it, it's like a separate app that you enter through the Nintendo app that has been there since the launch of the Switch. Um, it, it's, it looks nice. I don't know how it differs from the, the original Splatoon app. Well, I like the last one they released for Splatoon 2 a number of years ago. It, either way, it seems about as clunky and not what you want from a kind of, you know, a way to hang out, play with your friends and talk and it's just as annoying as it was before from looks of it. Maybe it's a bit smoother this time, but I don't know. Yeah, so, Nintendo with um, doing Nintendo with doing anything like kind of modern with the internet is very very unlikely. Very on brand for yeah. them to do what they're doing. Though it um, did uh, beat Sony to the subscription uh including classic games in subscription kind of model. <laughs> yeah. They're doing a better job of it too, because the next round of games for PlayStation tiers came out mm. today, and there's no classic games at all. Yeah. Which, which I I saw one person saying that it might have to do with the 50 hertz, 60 hertz thing. Yeah. That they're just kind of it might have delayed. The anyway, getting into the weeds there. Yeah. Um. After the improved lobby was the they showcased the battle replay mechanic mm. or system. It's basically like a full-featured replay system. As far as I can tell, I'm not sure if they can do more with it. So you can kind of flick through moments and scenes that are kind of categorized automatically in each replay. You can kind of flick through the point of view of other players, and there's a share system, so you can share the replays with everyone else. I, I think that's kind of it. I'm not sure if that's like particularly 
I mean, it sounds like an improvement, I guess, based on like it sounds like they're adding features to Splatoon that it doesn't have, and they're trying their best with it, I guess. So yeah. it sounded pretty good for me, based on what they how they described it. <laughs> there are lockers that you can customize, which seems like kind of an expanded like so lockers as in like a gym locker or a school locker. I, I'm not quite sure where it sits. It seems to be kind of an expanded player customization system. So it's almost like a player profile, I think. So you kind of just dress up your locker with items that you buy, like you buy clothes. So it's just kind of more stuff to tinker with, I think. Yeah. Um, the director also announced that there will be at least two years of post-launch updates, which means that the in-game catalog, so weapons and stuff, like clothes, basically, um, they will be refreshed every three months for at least two years. There will be new weapons added around the time of each new refreshed catalog. Hmm. Um, there will be the X battle mode and league battle mode coming in future updates. So X battle is basically the mode for the best ranked anarchy battle, like ranked play players. So yeah, so when you're at that level, you're X rank. That's what it means. And then there's also league battle, which from what I could understand is basically like a duo or squad based mode specifically. So that'll be coming later after September. And the director also confirmed that Splatoon 3 will at some point in time be getting a major paid expansion like the previous two games. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no info on that yet. Yeah. Next is the um, announcement of Table Turf Battle, which like a number of games in the last few years is its own in-game card game that's inside Splatoon 3. Because of course it own, is. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think it looks really fun. I heard about it beforehand, and it's like, then like actually seeing how it plays, it looks fun. Where it's like, you're basically, there's 150 cards to collect, apparently. Each card is basically generates a unique Tetronomo. Yeah. Tetromono, I don't know. No, you um, said it right. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tetromono, yeah. Wait, yeah. Tetronimo or Tetromino? I think oh, I spelled man. it wrong, because Google Docs <laughs> said I was wrong. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, it is so I think okay, yeah, I'm not gonna try to say it again. <laughs> um, on the board, they kind of oh, the clip it showed was like an X shaped, like kind of game board. Yeah, you kind of use cards to generate those pieces, you play them on the field. You're basically playing like a board game version of Splatoon where you're trying to cover up as much of the turf of the board as you can before the game ends, except it's a card version of it. Which I think is like, I actually love that idea. I'm kind of curious if it somehow spins out of Splatoon 3 into like its own little thing. Yeah. Like it could be a good thing for Nintendo Online maybe, you know, <laughs> like with Tetris Online and stuff. Yeah. Um, there was a new look at the story mode of Splatoon 3 called Return of the Mammalians. Um, it's also described as the quote, epic finale of this splatastic saga, which I'm guessing means Splatoon 3 will kind of wrap up the story that it's been telling the last few games. At least as far as these kind of core characters are going. Um, otherwise, I don't think there's many new actual details. On yeah, that. I didn't realize there was an actual story. Yeah, I think the second game probably was the bigger part because I think the first game was more of a straightforward platformer thing, and I think, yeah. I think the second game was the one that pushed more of a story element. Yeah, because like oh, wasn't like because well. like wasn't like Callie and Mari like they were like kind of like kind of personalities like in the w in the lore of the first game and then they became main characters in the second game is that 
I thought there was something like that. Maybe I'm mistaken. Probably. I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that sounds all right. Um, there was also, towards the end of the 30 minutes, there was also showcase the new hosts, which will be three hosts instead of just two. So this will be Fry and Shiver, which are kind of like relatively standard designs as far as squid, squidlings, is that what they're called? I, I think they're called, yeah. Um, squidlings or inklings? Oh, no. Inklings, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Squidlings. Um, and then the third host, or idol, which I've also seen that word thrown around, is called Big Man, which is just a big manta ray that just says A. And then a little <laughs> subtitle explaining what the A means every time it talks. <laughs> um, as a trio, they're called Deep Cut. They're very, like, they're basically, yeah, they're basically taking over the host duties of this game in particular after yeah. the last two games. Um, and they'll be hosting the in game Anarchy Splatcast which will just kind of have info and battle stages and news bulletins and all that stuff. So it's all, you know, th flowed, threaded throughout the game as you play. Gotcha. Um, but the three hosts also means that the game's Splatfest contests, those originally game-like contests where you choose between one of two options and fight in, you know, to prove your side right, basically. So, like, I think, like, one, yeah, it was, one like was, like, those time events. and busted stuff like that yes yes and the first one will be um rock paper scissors you choose one of the three um but also choosing between three means that there's a new unique mode for splatfest called tri-color turf war where three teams contest over a single map instead of just two so like the way they showed that's it cool. off was that whatever team is kind of leading which i'm not sure how that's determined necessarily i think the most territory i think the, usually yeah but i'm not sure how you like to turn that beforehand Oh, oh, yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, like whoever is currently winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, is like in the middle of the map, and then the other two teams come from the sides, and then whoever wins out, you know, wins that match. <laughs> yeah. And um, which I think is a cool idea. Like, I love that. And um, yeah, and as I said before, there's a Splatnet 3 app this time, just like Splatoon 2. So, still no in game chat still no modern things it's all very it's still relegated to the phone which might not be the worst thing yeah. if you use discord a lot anyway so and um yeah yeah that wraps up for tune two or three sorry um <laughs> uh, have you seen like what do you think of it Abia? it do looks you, cool like i'm actually like you know what um i think the th the thing that well now that i'm a nintendo switch online member <laughs> um I, mind you i still haven't played any of the games <laughs> any of the old games um but uh the it, it always is always fascinating and always looks so cool and i'm so surprised that like other games haven't copied it um like uh, mm. like you know oh, you, you think way? of Fortnite, like like a, you think that'd be like a a Fortnite paint roller mode or something you know what i mean like Oh yeah. Like there's some sort of way where it's like, oh no, there's a magical goop taking over the island and it's you know, and it's like a limited time event or something. Like um Yeah, they did that for Among Us. You know, they could have done Splatoon. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I mean not that we want any game to copy another game and kind of steal people, but like I feel like uh you know, having this type of experience but on an another system would be good. Because oh yeah yeah maybe yeah yeah but it looks so, cool I mean 
but it just looks like more Splatoon to me. Like I, d- I haven't played it, so I wouldn't know like how this compares and how how much how different it is. Um, I, I just always like the the idea of, yeah. of of the game. I think it's very much a refinement, like an iteration based on the last two games. Mm. Which, and I will say, I've like haven't jumped into this series yet, despite being one of the twenty people who owned a Wii U in Australia. <laughs> and it's like I, I haven't played this series yeah. yet, and it's like I'm definitely buying this one just because yeah. like I'm always impressed by it. Like every t- like I remember, I think I said it on the podcast at one point where. The last time Splatoon 3 was shown off, it showed just like a five-minute match. Yep. Or a three-minute match. That's right. They're very short. But it showed like a full match. And it's like, it kind of shows off the game so well because it's so cleverly designed. Yeah. And also because I'm so averse to multiplayer because <laughs> it stresses me out, Splatoon just looks perfect for me. Where yeah. It just looks like objective-based. It's like group-based. They're very fast matches that aren't really about beating other players so much as winning for your team and it's like everything about that it's like it you know because i've talked to yeah separate point kind of talked before about how like i really like playing battlefront or battlefield to uh, that company yes too. yes yep <sighs> um i really enjoyed that because it was like that was like one of my first multiplayer games one of my only ones really that i yeah. played a lot and a big part of it was because it was objective based like that's what i really yeah. like because i'm otherwise i just i kind of get you know um beaten down by more like specifically competitive stuff where like you're trying to kill the other dude or beat the other dude or whatever yeah that stuff stresses me out so (laughs) anyway my point is platoon 3 looks really cool to me every time i see it i'm reminded of just how cool it looks even though it doesn't look too different to the last ones that's kind of appealing to me it doesn't feel like i miss too much you know yeah still the same game that's as great as it always was yeah i'm excited to play it I think um was Splatoon one on the Wii U? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I was gonna say, is this gonna be the first Nintendo series that has three releases on the same platform? <laughs> but oh, no. no, no, I don't think so, because um yeah. But you know what? It, it it looks cool, it looks like fun. I've never heard anyone really talk badly about it. So I think if if it's like more of the fun stuff that people are looking for, um, why not? You know? Especially, like, especially now that um, I, I don't know how to put it. Like um, maybe the 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 people who first played Splatoon when they were little kids now they're like teenagers. They might appreciate the high. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's a weird <laughs> sentence to say, but yeah, I mean, the Wii U yeah. did come out in twenty twelve. Yes, kids loved it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know. But then I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Like, I got to have a point. It's like, yeah. it's like it, there is a, has been a span of time that it was worth like considering, you know. Yeah, I wonder if they, what if they did like a, a battle royale, <laughs> like of, oh. of of um of this. I wonder if they they try that. <laughs> it could be, be like Planet Side, where it's just like a long term war. For <laughs> yeah. That's like true. Yeah, paint, wall paint. Yeah, yeah. Now that that could be kind of cool, but yeah, I mean. I guess my, I, I I've got Smash Brothers, so I've moved the the Nintendo Switch into the bedroom because that's probably like when I've been playing games, it's been like on the iPad, streaming it from my PC to the iPad because like we're just like kind of in bed. I'm playing games, my wife's watching TV or whatever. So I think that's like 
Like I, I've pretty much like I feel like an old man. <laughs> so maybe like my only ex- my experience with Splatoon has been via the 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 Inklings and in Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably so. mine as well. It's like Smash Brothers and um, Mario Kart because they're in that too. Yeah, you know how we're talking about you know kids growing up with like you know from the Wii U, or whatever, right? Could you imagine if like some a kid knows characters from all these video game series, but only because they've seen it in Smash? Well, I think that's true for like everyone though. It's like I don't Is think it? I bet like most people don't know where Martha's from until very recently. I was, like, I was literally thinking of that character as like the unknown. Or Captain Falcon. It's like when yeah. like, you know, no after games for a while. There's a yeah, lot of games. That's there. true, yeah. That would be cool. Because like um yeah, like Ice Climbers, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember the Ice Climbers yeah, game. Too. Even that was like that was weird because kids mo- at that time would have like been like on the Super Nintendo, but I was still playing like old NES games. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I think I got like hand-me-down consoles or something from like family friends or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so funny. Um, or like, or solid, like, or snake. <laughs> like, I bet there's a lot of kids who no. don't really know. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not ready for that. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, solid snake hasn't been on anything since... Metal Gear Solid 4 which was on PS3 yeah he's an old man man he's basically a different person (laughs) yeah that's true he is Um, but yeah no that's good that's uh, that's gonna round it up for um, for uh, Super Smash (laughs) Super Smash Splatoon 3 for Splatoon 3 with the game coming out uh, expected to come out on September 9th uh, exclusively on the Nintendo Switch because the 3DS is dead and the Switch is all you have. I'm sorry. <laughs> My 3DS. Your 3DS dead. is not Thank dead. Also, is your 3DS uh, the newer generation 3DS? Like the new 3DS with the newer yeah. processor and the nub built in, the analog nub? Okay, that's good. Mm. I had a 3DS and the the game I played the most on it was Super Smash... Sorry, New Super, Mar- Super, new Super Mario Brothers, which is a DS game. Mario Kart DS, which is also a DS game, obviously. And then... Uh, Rhythm Paradise. I think they call it oh, Rhythm okay. Paradise here, right? Now that was a phenomenal. That's a game that I want to come. I want to see come back. Oh, it's it's. There's a Switch version. Oh, wait. No, I don't it? think there is. Oh, no, there isn't. No, yeah, the, I'm just, the, I'm the 3DS version. Yeah, the WarioWare. Because like basically, yeah, when the Switch right. came out, I was like, do I get a Switch or do I get a 3DS? And I got a 3DS because I was like, well, Switch is still an unknown, and I've got all these old games on the 3DS. Um, why not? And then, yeah. Cause like, cause like there were like cool games like um Shovel Knight I think came out on 3DS first, then that was like one of the first kind of like indie hits on the 3DS. So then like the first thing I did was I got it on Switch, at a discount, and again I've I've had it for years. Like I've had my Nintendo Switch since 2019. Your wife needs to take your wallet away from you. I'm sick of <laughs> hearing this. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I'm gonna like the the whole thing is like I want to get my wife playing, getting get her into gaming, and then like the Switch would be a great way f- to get her kind of used to controls. Because yeah, like throwing someone in the deep end who hasn't played games, throwing them in the deep end with a controller that has like 30 buttons. Whereas like maybe I'll just start her off with like Super Mario world or something <laughs> yeah that sure. might be a, oh, that, a great start i feel like that's like a hard 
like barrier to pass as well. Just like stick yeah. Mario Kart. In yeah, I think I'll just yeah just show her Mario like teach her Mario Kart and then we'll just have fun with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Well, let's move on to the next uh, ne- the last uh, kind of set of news, and I've got a couple of quick fire stories. The first one is that uh, Firaxis Games, the developer of I guess the the most recent X like the XCOM reboots um, and m- the upcoming tactical RPG based on the Marvel fr- uh, the Marvel license Marvel's Midnight Suns uh, has been pushed to uh, the twenty twenty three financial year for uh, for the company and uh, Take Two Interactive, which is publishing the game. So uh, the game, which was originally scheduled for October seven, has uh, is not expected to come out. We're probably let's be honest, it's probably not going to come out until next year at this stage because you don't really push the ge- uh, push a game like that out and talk about fiscal year if you're not going to be pushing things out to like February or March because the unlike in Australia where June 30 is our end of financial slash fiscal year, in America and a, and a lot of the world, it's actually March 31st. So um, uh, the other thing is that my uh, Midnight Suns won't be released on all, all uh, platforms uh, um, simultaneously. So the current-gen versions, so the Xbox Series S and X, the PS5 and PC versions are going to launch before March 31st, 2023, with the previous-gen versions, the Xbox One, the PS4, and the Switch, um, which I think is basically a a PS3 (laughs) in terms of quality, (laughs) graphics quality, um, will come later, at a, quote, a later date. So we don't know when that is. Um... Yes, so, and, and this is um, coming from, uh, this has kind of been corroborated by Stephen Totillo from Axios Gaming now, he's kind of like a long-term games journalist, so, yeah, um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see, because I think, I'm not sure if people remember, but the thing about uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns is that it, it it's a mix of tactical RPG with some trading card elements in it like a like a battle like a card battle game so we'll we'll see how that um how that plays out in a, in a few months uh the next story sorry john i'm just the ruler yeah no go on yeah <laughs> do this rapid fire the next thing is just like a, a psa for any of the three people still playing overwatch uh, is that <laughs> Uh, with Overwatch 2 uh, being officially released on o- October 4 and Overwatch 1 being effectively like kind of take, <laughs> taken at the back <laughs> and put out put down <laughs> you know, um, is uh, that uh, in preparation for that Blizzard has announced that all uh, paid loot boxes will no longer be purchasable in game at the end of the current event which will uh take place on august 30 um i I thought august had 31 days but it does but i don't know why they're saying august 30 but who knows that's just like a weird like start of the week kind of end of an event but yeah, choose there. Yes. Yeah, weird. So it's um so essentially you can still earn the free loot boxes in the game, um uh, like between the end of the event and the release of Overwatch Two. However, um before Overwatch Two officially launches on October fourth, uh, basically expect any unopened loot boxes to be automatically opened 
I, I think they don't want people to hoard and just like kind of like kind of hold on to a whole bunch of loot boxes and then instead of them having overwatch one items you just start off start off overwatch two with like a whole bunch of like kind of power-ups or like you know unique items before you've even played a single round might get one of those 40 dollar skins they've been looking into maybe maybe well they've got to monetize it somehow I mean, they want to charge you a full game price for one. Thing. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If Overwatch Two did come out as a retail product, it would be a forty dollars skin for Overwatch One. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I don't know why this game exists. I don't know why that game, like, I don't know why it's called Overwatch Two. It looks almost exactly the same as Overwatch One. the The main difference is you have five pe- five players on a team versus six. So only one tank character versus two, um, but the other the other major uh, uh, news, the other major change is that the the maps that took place at night time in the original game will be converted to take place during the day. So that's um that's apparently where Blizzard's been dedicating its resources, and for that yeah. p- that PVE mode that I don't know if anyone wants. I didn't really see any out like any. I imagine Overwatch Two made a lot more sense when they announced it, and then in the years since, it's like, oh, this makes less sense now, just over and over again. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, yeah, because like, uh, yeah. Anyway, we've talked about the fact that like you know when it came out, it was a bit messy because they're like, oh, the PvP is gonna be like we're going to bring a lot of the features to Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 1 will exist alongside Overwatch 2 but now they're just like you know what fuck it it's gone <laughs> you know I think that's the difference between that and like Destiny I think you can still play Destiny 1 independently of Destiny 2 whereas with this like it, it's it's gone full live game and just you know completely completely changed which is crazy because like Dota 2 got an entirely new engine halfway through its life it never was. It wasn't renamed or anything. Yet Overwatch yeah. Two. Well, I guess is, yeah, like I don't know. I feel like um, I don't know. Probably wrong, but I do feel Fortnite Chapter Two. That was, was like a big a, part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's a big part of name games renaming themselves. Yeah, with soft relaunches. I don't nowadays. even know what chapter they're on now, but that was a big. That was like a big reboot for it. That I think that's like it was already popular then, but I think Chapter Two really made it. I think that's, I think that's when like John Wick debuted in it or something as well. Okay. Yeah, I think that's when like the crossovers and stuff started happening. Unless you count all the stolen dances as like crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know why I'm being so savage today, but yes. Um, the the other the the final story is a little bit of a fun one. Uh. I guess uh, th- this is like a, a trio of some videos. So uh, I was going to say Overwatch. Apex Legends uh, Season 14 just released this week. And one of the things that's happened is that there's a fun bug where the game is, I guess, incorrectly loading characters. So basically, char- your players are loading into the game as... Uh, for example, I've got a video up here. So, uh, a video of a of a redditor by the name of Liver Poisoning Toast, uh, having selected the Ash character, uh, Ash Legend, sorry, loading into the game, but having the voice lines and the abilities 
and the animations of Loba, which is a completely different character. Um, another one was uh, someone who loaded in, uh, who selected uh, Pathfinder, which is kind of like the ziplining robot, but loading in with the abilities of a Wraith, uh, who's kind of like the one who can teleport and, you know, gets like visions and, and things like that. So, and then the, the, the other fun one was um, like... Uh, uh, I'm recording this shit. Uh, New Brawlter, which is kind of the name that people have had for Newcastle, uh, but having Gibraltar's voice lines and everything. So it's 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 a it's a fun little like it's like it's I'm sure it's going to get fixed soon, but it's kind of like a like a like a fun bug to have. It's like one of those things that like it's like a technically it's a bug. But I feel like they don't need to take it out. Like, let it happen randomly. Like, it's a. Mm. It sounds know, like a good yeah. basis for a mode or something. <laughs> exactly right. Like you know, like the summer scramble or something. You know, it could be or it could be like a a Halloween event where like you know your soul has been trapped and swapped with someone else or something. Like, I mean. Yeah, like Freaky Friday, but the whole game. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's gonna do it for the news for this week. Um. Let's take a let's take a quick quick drink break and come back with the chit chat. John, you watched some stuff over this past week, and you've uh, you've uh, gone back to the world of Indian cinema. Uh, back, yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Technically, I've got to say that. Um, yeah, basically, I watched Bahubali too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I said it at the start, didn't I? Yeah, and um, and Triple R, which I think got a lot, a fair bit of traction in the last couple of months. Yeah, because um, Triple R especially. While. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but Bahubali, like one and two, was kind of these two blockbuster epics made by the same director from several years ago. Mm. Um, I watched the first one like four, three or four months ago, and forgot to watch the second one. They're three hours each, so I don't feel too bad about it. Yeah, um, like they're, they're they're like Avengers, like full on Avengers level epic, kind of like length. Yeah, they're very, they're very um. They they kind of they paced okay actually for how long they are. Yeah, but they're structured weirdly because the first movie is like half of it is present day. It's I'll try and explain it the best I can, but it's basically like a mythic fantasy story, which is like entirely fictional. I don't think it's based on anything like any real myths in India. Yeah, um, of like kind of a I guess like a lost prince coming back to reclaim his throne. Who that was kind of taken by his uncle in an evil way. It's a, it's kind of like pretty standard, I think. Like it's very familiar sounding, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's like a lot of it's just about that. It's like a blockbuster presentation, and just yeah, that kind of explains a lot of it. Actually, it's just like it's a very big movie, and um, both of them are. Oh yeah, but what I was saying about the structure is that it's like it's telling a story with like there's a flashback segment aspect to the movie, like to the story. As a present day with the prince that was um that was lost so 
the opens for like the first hour and a half to two hours with um the present day stuff and then it like flashes back to oh wait does it i just don't remember anymore it's been a long time <laughs> basically it's, it's like basically it has its like own little movie of the flashback or not little it's like three hours like it's split pretty evenly a three-hour flashback in the middle of the two movies <laughs> so it, it ends with the flashback and start the second movie starts with the flashback and then it ends with like the big final battle in the present day which i feel was it works okay weirdly but it is it stood out to me as something strange about making a six-hour epic yeah with that kind of structure but it's um it's anyway different. that was that was better than expected but the yeah. budget shows and also i found that um i mean it's the biggest the, the it's flashback. the biggest um it's the biggest it was i think at the time that it was released it was the biggest kind of the most expensive indian movie um even even across bollywood so this this comes yeah. from i think it's, to- it's, yeah it's from tollywood yeah, which is like, south india like yeah. which depending on who you ask because bengali cinema also is called tollywood because like Tollygonge in Calcutta is where a lot of film movies are shot, but then Tollywood is also kind of claimed by the Tamil Telugu kind of film industry in the, on the south of India. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to com- oh. to complicate it further unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not looking it up. It's Sorry, like, there's like twenty of them. Yeah, it's, all, it's such a diverse industry. Well, um, to be fair, like um, the thing about India is that unlike I don't know, unlike any other country in the world I can think of, you know, there are like more than, there are hundreds of languages and different cultures within that country. It's so, it's like, and and the people of South India, uh, they speak a different group of languages versus the people from North India. Like, there's, there's like genetics and stuff can be all shared and there's a mix there, but language-wise, there's a different group of languages from the South versus the North. And even where I'm from is like, I'm from the East, so I'm from the region that was called Bengal, which is like split across Bangladesh and Calcutta, like West Bengal. So our part of India, like, you know, from before is like a mix of Sanskrit and also languages from Asia. So we've also got like a weird mix. So it's it's a very like, it's a we it's kind of like a mishmash country. So yeah. that's why there's so there's many all different these areas. Exactly. Yeah, so there's all these areas making movies for themselves. 100%. Out of- yeah. yeah, and okay. so Bollywood is like, so Bollywood is like from Mumbai because Bombay was kind of the the anglicized name for Mumbai. So that's on the west coast, and you know up north you've got kind of Delhi, and then you've got Punjab, which is above that. So they've got their own kind of like burgeoning kind of film industry, and then you've got Calcutta in the east, and then you've got uh, Chennai in the south which kind of like those those four main cities, if you think of like kind of the compass points, and each of those regions has their own kind of culture. So I'd say it's a very yeah. interesting um, kind of yeah. like mix of stuff. That's so much more than I know at all. <laughs> like, no, I'm not to try and do it. I just don't know enough about it. No, yet. man, that's that's cool. That's like, what we're surprising. here for, man. The more we learn about yeah. everyone else, I think the more, the less kind of, I don't know, the less bad shit's going to happen. Yeah, I think in general, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, mm. but yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's just to get um, back to it. Um, yeah, so I watched the second Bahubali. Yeah, that's right. So There's yeah, you watched the second one this week. Yes. Okay. 
I watched the second one. Um, there's an uh, there's an actor who plays um, the mother of the kind of original prince in the mm. flashback segment of the story, and she has like one mode, and it's it becomes really distracting because <laughs> she's like because of the nature of the story, she's kind of constantly being like kind of looking at things in a shocked way, and she always does it <laughs> in the same way, and it, she, yeah. it always like totally undermines the like the drama of the story over time. Yeah, where it's like you know like her thing is that. being like somewhat like I the story is good, I, I enjoy it. Like it's yeah. not um it's not completely shallow. There's like depth to it in my eye and to the characters, yeah. but it's like. And like, the, but the story is told in a very like kind of sensational way, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's very, it kind of amps up the drama. It's like yeah. it's not like subtle, you know. Yeah. But there is subtlety to it. Mm. But um, there's nuance anyway, in the to... there's nuance in the um the pomp. Yeah, yeah. In the in the, in the spectacle, yes. Um. Yeah, but and then like you know her like the mother's role is you know this kind of she's like she's the one like because there's a adopted prince who's the good guy. There's the like the you know full-blooded prince who was the bad guy and he's mm. the one who kind of usurps the throne um and like she chooses the adopted prince because he's the beloved prince of the land to become the next king and then once she does that she starts feeling like kind of you know kind of feeling unsure of herself and whether she made the right decision for yeah. her like you know real son and like she's being manipulated by other people and so on to yeah. the forth and as the story goes on she kind of gets more arrogant and she becomes more closed off and she becomes yeah but anyway every other scene has her like kind of Just be confronted sh- yeah. and she kind of she, she always goes like, like yeah, you know, yeah. Like big yeah. and big it's eye. always the same and it's just like man it's like, this story is quite good but she's like she's doing the exact same face every time that's a very um, like that's a that's like a trope from like soap operas and i think it's also yeah, like one of those right. it's like also like that trope of the I know that's been a that's been in a lot of like kind of older Bollywood movies. Um, oh, okay. In terms of like that used to be such a thing, but uh, you know, like South Indian movies have their own kind of quirks, or maybe this is a thing of their like um like one thing uh, one other thing you'll notice about South Indian movies is they they will always have like heroes will always have really amazing like he'll they'll have very very like kind of unruly thick hair and very like like i don't know how to put it but like just like kind of like it's like a palm olive ad but for men's facial hair like they will they will have very prominent facial hair like um yeah. it's yeah it's um, um yeah that was very true of both of them i think <laughs> oh they're also like the most handsome guys ever like they're fucking, like because i was thinking like in like i think it's it's hard to not be aware of it in triple r which yeah. i'm talking about now yes yes it's like um that one is like the cop like one especially to the main sorry the cop one especially yeah probably but they're both like you've become like it's very hard to avoid just how incredibly handsome and amazing looking they they are <laughs> <laughs> like just the actors and then yeah. they have like the dancing sequence after it's dude like, Fuck you, you can do that too yeah <laughs> and and, and like, yeah sorry sorry Oh no! It's like anyway. Triple R is um yeah. It got a bit of traction a few months ago. I think when it was on the festival circuit, and then it launched yeah. on Netflix, which so everyone can watch it. Yeah. Um. It's basically yeah, like another three-hour epic, except yeah. it's a single movie, yeah. and it's um about uh, I'm sorry, I don't word it exactly, but it's about like about um what's the word uh 
not confronting, like fighting off British. Uh, yeah, it's it's a know, very it's a it's a words. period. It's kind of like it's a fictionalized depiction of real characters. So those two yeah. men actually existed, but like they, this is kind of like this is kind of the 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 story or like through a lens of like kind of uh, like putting them like on a mythical pedestal and giving them like. I don't know how to how to put this, but like, they're basically like legends in this. Like, you know, if you think of like the most like this is just like a comic. This is a comic book movie. If I could ever think of a comic book movie in terms of yeah. the spectacle and and like you can the way I see it is like there's literal frames of comic panels, like more than even the Marvel films that I think these these type of films really yeah. capture. That was something I thought of during it, where like it it's. Yeah, because that's something that stood out to me was um, it's used as slow motion because mm. it's an action movie and it's like it's very you know it's, it's like very spectacle driven and it embraces that aspect of it and Bahubali yeah. is the same except there's like a very major budget discrepancy or or, yeah. or something between yeah. the two. I'm not sure if yeah. it's exactly budget, but there is a difference. In I mean, this was made production. like five years after Bahubali two. Yeah, but there's yeah. stuff like in the in the in the Bahubali movies. Yeah, they use they do slow motion in the kind of cheap way almost. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's cheap. They just do it in the wrong way where they yeah. just slow down 24 frames seconds. Yeah, it's just jittery. Forward. It's it's yeah. not smooth. But then sometimes yeah. they'll have slow motion, like actual slow motion. Yeah, it's, it's very it's kind of annoying. A lot of like it works fine generally, but it just stands out. And this yeah. one, you know, like it actually has slow motion. It was making me think about yeah. how um. I was thinking during it, it's like, why am I into this and not into Snyder movies? Because he uses slow motion a lot as well. Yeah. And I was thinking, it's like, maybe it's just because I really, I, I feel like the imagery is so righteous and so like, it's almost like evocative, like in how, like it, it's like, it really trying to draws out the emotion of the viewer in a much better yeah. way than those movies do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Just- let's, let's be honest. Like a Zack Snyder film is pretty boring. And it's yeah, they're it's very, like, like cause I love yeah. the I like the mythic I like mythic visuals. That's yeah. something that speaks to me a lot. And this, this yeah. you know, his movies do that, except they don't have any heart or anything. They're very cold movies. So and then then when he doesn't do mythic, they're just kind of gross. Like I just don't like how he films films. Sometimes. Yeah, and then like um, yeah, I mean, that they're, they're forgettable. Like yeah, besides probably three hundred, I don't think anyone remembers anything from. Okay, they remember it for the wrong reasons. Like they'll remember the Superman versus ba- um, Batman because of the dumb lines about Martha. I think they'll remember the memes like that, but they won't remember moments like you would here, like you would in a film like this. There's an earnestness and there's like a there's a heart to this film, the to films like this that like. I think this does maybe more than Bahubali that I think really resonated with that I think American or Western audiences aren't used to in their movies. Um, yeah, yeah, that's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like it really. There's so much like clear passion for the like subject matter that I think is kind of rare. Yeah, uh, especially makes such a huge movie that is so like has such huge production behind it. Yeah, like. Yeah. And there's like real stunts being done here and stuff that I think really helps as well. Like obviously there are it's an effects heavy movie, but it's not like it's not like a Doctor Strange where it's just like everything just looks like not Play-Doh, but like ragdolls or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot like, of it's like 
literal CGI yeah. rather than like overlaid. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh oh, um, not sure if I had any other point to Triple R other than I really enjoyed it. Yeah, overall, it's like, it, it. it was really nice for a yeah. three-hour movie. You know, like it doesn't like yeah, because that's something I noticed as well. Which maybe it just says a lot more about how few good movies I'm watching nowadays. But it's like it's three hours and it's broken up in a way that you really feel like you're watching a three-hour epic. You know, like it's like you know, like two hours or so in, you're at like a very different point in the story. Yeah. Rather than like there's change. The weight. Yeah, which yeah. is like I don't know. I say it out loud. And it's like oh, that's a dumb thing to try and praise. But it's like it's just like it's you know it's such a full story, which I feel is kind of rare of the movies we talk about. Yeah. Like there are actual acts. Like um, like I've yeah. only watched the first. I think maybe half an hour of yeah but even that's like already got a lot of like kind of heart to it and stuff and you and you really like you you this is like there are very clear villains in this which i think the marvel yeah, movies the has <laughs> yeah and not just the british like just like the characters like i mean obviously me as someone who's of southeast asian background like this is like 100 percent kind of like catering to my anti colonizer mindset <laughs> like this is definitely i i wonder if um people from other kind of marginalized countries like other colonized countries might also appreciate it like you know maybe they're like you know people from yeah. south america or people from you know even aboriginal people and and, and like you know indigenous peoples might like it's like a tale of the 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 indigenous people fighting back and succeeding against a very campy like kind of very overly evil british um, yeah depiction. but the thing about it is like it ends up the main theme of it despite everything kind of being solved with violence and like not wrongfully yeah. but like uh the one thing that comes up later in the movie is one of the characters realizing that his way of trying to kind of integrate himself into the british forces yeah to kind of you know kind of get weapons and like kind of turn the tide from within is like the wrong way to like or at least in that moment it was the wrong way to do it when you could really just provoke the public into you know yeah like you know re like rebelling in a bigger yeah. way like that was the kind of the lesson he learned at one point in the movie so there's actual but character growth yeah yeah and but it's like by the, the there's a final like once the film's over it goes to like a long dance credit sequence it goes for like a few minutes hell but it's yeah a, quite it's it's awesome it's like a payoff yeah and it's like it's not related to the story it's like all the actors you know yeah. not in character and everything just doing a whole sequence but yeah. it's it's very like it's like weirdly it's unsettling because it's kind of celebratory of it's celebratory of like anti-colonial like rebellion which is good but there's kind of like this weird undercurrent of like yeah like jingoism as in like yeah. you know the like celebration of the you know your own military yeah and against outside forces yeah yeah it's like there's this one bit because it's like it's cycling through like backgrounds yeah, yeah. it's like it's very patriotic like, yeah and there's like there's one thing with like a, this kind of like mural image in the background of like rifles and bullets hmm. and it's clearly meant to be like almost like uh i don't know heartwarming or something you know like alongside yeah. all this imagery and <laughs> yeah mood of the it's like a, segment it's, it's like, like a michael bay kind of thing it's like a michael bay thing or even like a top gun thing 
where there's just oh, like maybe yeah, I, I think yeah. it's more that it's like it ends up it's like i understand what it's trying to say and i, and I understand i'm like a white person in australia it's like it's not i'm not a person to judge what it's trying to represent but it, it ended up feeling kind of a bit off where it's, <laughs> it's like it ended up being kind of sad where it's like oh this is kind of a sad lesson in a yeah. way where it's like i understand like you know it's completely correct to hate the british and to push them out through any means yeah because that's exactly what they deserve but it's but also then at just the like, end yeah like you end up yeah. in like the jingoist like a mentality where it's like okay we have our guns now we won't ever let anyone in sort of feeling <laughs> yeah and then um, yeah you can you can yeah there's a there's a there's like a level of spite or, or like a i don't know how to put it like a um yeah it's like a danger of going too far the other way then yeah like yeah. that's kind of what that's what it like left me feeling which yeah. is like again like i'm not yeah otherwise i really enjoyed it hmm. but yeah i'm enjoyed i'm very excited to see what else oh sorry that was one other thing i wanted to mention about triple r is that it very much felt like an attempt to get international audiences hmm. especially since i went on the festival circuit because it's like it's got so much like it's so nice looking like it's a really big budget film that's on level of any hollywood production yeah for the, at least for the majority of it like, i mean to be fair to be fair also um like i think like if you, you you've seen if you look at the credits of any marvel movie a lot of the credits are from south india a lot of those vfx houses are from south india so I, and i believe a lot of the those vfx like houses i'm sure some of them had like you know cut their teeth or or you know really really worked with um ss rajamouli who's the director of the the the, the bahubali and triple r like his like they probably like cut their teeth on doing films like that and now been like recruited by hollywood and is now kind of like if you want vfx done like you go to south india now okay yeah i mean so, think about yeah so i mean if this is if this was done on a budget of say 40 million whereas a marvel film's done on a budget of 200 plus you know, something's going to give. <laughs> like, you know, you got to expect this. But I think what they make up for it is having more realistic, uh, like, stunts. Like, you can tell, like, the... Like, you know, there's, like, in the trailer, the scene in the trailer, you know, where... Or, like, the scene where, like, when they're dancing, there's a whole bunch of people throwing them up in the air. Like, those are real people. <laughs> like, you get yeah. that, that physicality and stuff, you know? Yeah, but it's, like, it's not just the VFX I'm talking about. It's, like, the cinematography. Exactly, like, everything. Kind of, every aspect of like just like even the music and the like at the performances like the actors yeah. are really good you know yeah. and like and not in that it should be expected otherwise it's just like yeah. everything to the level i would expect of anything else yeah yeah in like a very big way like it's a very big production that does not really falter except for like a cgi tiger that looks kind of off That's yeah it. which everything i mean realistically else. like if <laughs> i think there'd be more controversy if it was a real tiger <laughs> Yeah, no, but yeah. it's like that's something that that's like that's the only stuff that stands out in terms yeah. of like, and that you know that's something that like it's not like Marvel's perfect yeah. either. It's and just, it's just the stuff. other thing I'll add is um something that you may not know is that this also was designed to appeal to North Indians, so to the rest of India, because South India is kind of looked down upon, like its movie industry is kind of looked down upon by Bollywood as being lesser or being a bit more crass or cheap or whatever. But what they've done is they've gotten um you know. Uh, like popular Bollywood actors like Ajay Devgan, um, who is kind of the, I don't know, he's like the tribal. I don't know what he is. He's the guy who comes in later in the movie. He's kind of the, 
he's always in the vest. I don't know. I don't know how to describe him, but um, okay. I don't know. He's in it. I haven't seen the movie. Well, I mean, I wish I'd. I haven't seen the full movie. And Alia Butt, who's kind of the, I think the love interest of the cop guy, the police guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, the, like she's a huge star in Bollywood, and he's also yeah, a I huge star in Bollywood. The so ending sequence because she was like she's barely in the movie, and then, and then she's, she's all over like, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, a, a lot of movies, the the end credits music video is not in the movie, but that's the promo video that they'd use on MTV and all that oh. stuff. So, like, 90% of the music charts in, in India is dominated by, like, kind of film soundtracks. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I mean, it's so starting to change now as, like, you know, company, like, big companies like T-Series and stuff are now doing more for kind of like non-movie singles um but for the longest time it was like if it's not a bollywood song it's not going to make the top 10 hmm. so yeah okay. um but yeah i watched the first 30 minutes and i'm like already like i'm fucking like i hate the british like just like oh it's so <laughs> savage from the beginning man um yeah yeah probably no like the te- first 10 minutes it's pretty savage um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you, will, you uh, you know, speaking about savage and uh, anti-colonial messaging, you watched uh, Lightyear. Yeah, I won't go into it because I'm already, yeah, we're getting to the two-hour mark soonish. Um, and I want to talk more about the next movie. Yeah. But it's like, Lightyear, it's, it's okay. It's about kind of what I expected. It's very pretty because it's a modern Pixar movie. But yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, it doesn't accomplish much, I think. Uh, yeah, I had this one line that I read somewhere else that was quite good, that summed it up pretty well, and I was pretty. Hang on, I'll get it quick. So but it's, it's uh, meant to be the origin story for the real life Buzz Lit- Buzz Lightyear who inspired the toy that's in Toy Story, right? Is that what? Kind of, like it starts off with a line that explains it literally, where it's like, this like um, this was the movie that Andy loved like this was andy's favorite film mm. in toy story like lit- like this is literally meant to be that movie okay yeah yeah that's like that's exactly what it is yeah um yeah more comic relief than drama or emotion the big twist isn't really earned and kind of felt yeah just kind of out of place as like an overall because it's trying to be both kind of a block sci-fi blockbuster sort of thing you Should know for a side. Movie. yeah um I will say it did make me think if they're going to continue making these, which I guess is unlikely after this one didn't do very well. Mm. I was like, I would actually love to see a Woody movie. Like that's, based yeah, on, that's the next thing, right? I think that sounds really nice. I, I mean, I don't know. But it's like, I, I didn't yeah. realize, like, I didn't think of that idea until I started watching it. And it's like, oh, I'd yeah. be into that. Because, you know, like, um, I think, like, purely based on me remembering I liked Rango when that came out. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. The Johnny Depp one. Yeah, that yeah, was, was cool, like I remember really liking that, that cool when one. it came out. And, yeah, yeah, because like I wouldn't mind those feelings again. <laughs> yeah, and like um, who was the bad guy in that? Was that Liam Neeson? Was that I have no idea. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because like that was basically. But even that movie was just a Bug's Life. How <laughs> was it? Okay. Yeah. Do have you seen but a Bug's like, Life? Like, I think I watched it once as a very young kid. I don't remember anything about it. It's like it's like the story of like kind of um, you. Know, there's a there's a town or some there's a town facing like being pestered by an enemy, and this person who's kind of like basically like a, a has been washed up washed up person comes in. They miss he does something accidentally that 
you know that makes the town revere him as a hero and then he kind of goes along with it that so that's kind of the plot of a bug's life and that's what rango was but i think there was enough time that kind of separating the two that you know it had a charm all of its own okay because like i remember rango being like western inspired it is it is western plot yeah 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 but um it definitely leaned much more into it like literally had like kind of cowboy boots and stuff yeah yeah that's kind of why i was thinking of woody where it's just like it's like man i wouldn't i would really go for that movie if they kind of had a similar tone if to my (laughs) memories of rango which are really thin (laughs) now but it's um anyway yeah that kind of sums up my thoughts on Lightyear. disappointing doesn't do a whole lot um yeah it's a it's a it's a disney plus watch not a movie not a theater watch yeah which bums me out because i really would have loved to see turning red in theaters not this yeah but um Hmm. anyway um yeah and i also watched prey the new predator movie everyone's roving raving about i think i think a lot of people have been seeing it um that's on currently on disney plus in australia otherwise it's on hulu in america i'm not sure where else yeah other places and it's basically based on a throwaway line in alien i think alien vs predator or something where they say like every ten thousand years they send one of their ships down to f- to to basically like you know you do kind of like your rite of passage for the for the for like whatever the predator the yacht yeah whatever they they like kind of things are called so well this apparently is kind of like set in like whatever how many like hundreds of years before oh, when yeah, it was like native years America, ago. yeah yeah sorry it's like every hundred every few hundred years things um uh like there's like a challenger sent down to earth to to like hunt and and kill the greatest warrior on earth and then they become if they succeed they become a great warrior and go back so mm. this is that yeah. apparently <laughs> yeah this is like i think it's also in my marketing i've read um that it's meant to be like the first predator that's ever been on earth is the idea um yeah oh ever huh apparently. i didn't realize that Maybe. Sure. Oh, well, then again, I guess Alien vs Predator wasn't technically canon. I mean, if you can yeah, call it that. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. It, uh, I was saying. Oh, yeah. So it's basically set in amongst a Native American tribe three hundred years ago, um, like a Comanche tribe, hmm. as I understand it. Um, there is. Yeah. So it's like the first Predator alone, basically kind of replaying the premise as you imagine it. A Predator is around hunting things that could face it like you know stalking things Mm. and then kind of working up the food chain of like wolves and bears and then eventually facing off against whatever native americans will try to attack it or anything yeah um and it's it's really good it's definitely my favorite predator movie really wow even more than the original one yeah the the original one's like it's not it's like it's very good, but it's also very campy. Yeah, it's yeah. also very um, it, it's very much its own thing. Prey yeah. is its, it's own a very thing. much an eighties. Yeah, yeah, which I think it's like I don't have as much fondness for without seeing it as a kid or anything. Okay. I'm gonna like, watch I enjoy this it. Yeah. It's good. Like I need to watch it again eventually because of you know it's been a bit, and I know mm. I like it, but it's like Prey is just, it's like it could probably be paced a little like because it, it's clearly kind of suffering from something a few movies do nowadays where they kind of they're afraid to go really slow with it Mm. and really minimalist 
but it's still very but it's like that's not really necessarily a bad thing so much as just a preference thing for me yeah but it's um that's good yeah oh, that, um, uh, okay. yeah because like the last predator movie the predator was really bad <laughs> Yeah, I need to watch it again because I remember not having a strong reaction to it. I remember coming away from it going, oh, that great. But I, yeah. I, every time I see opinions of it, people are saying it's awful. And it's like, was it? I, I guess. I just don't remember. It was very... There were a lot of leaps. And like it was clearly... that There was like stuff left on the cutting room floor and stuff. Like, you know, they had... um, Like, the whole plot is that the, the soldier's autistic son gets the helmet accidentally activates and knows how to operate a highly advanced alien civilization's computer system oh yeah <laughs> you remember oh yeah. god uh and then it was like predator on predator like kind of action and then the predator oh. dogs oh yeah I about and that. then the the ragtag bunch of like criminals fighting the predator yeah, yeah. oh i think i I don't know. I don't think I was too against that part. Though I will say as well with Prey, it's like it kind of subverts that aspect of it. That's Because a lot of the films so far have been about like a group of people. mercs, basically, yeah. more or less. People who know how to handle themselves being thrown up against predators. And this one is like, I really liked how the... It's like, a, it's mainly about like a young, like late teenage girl, I think. I think that's how, around her age. Like she's... um. She's basically on the precipice of kind of choosing her direction, I think, yeah. in the tribe. And she's, um, yeah, and she kind of realizes there's something else around. Yeah. And she kind of goes off on her own to find it. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about how, because it's kind of a subversion of having the group of, like, because usually the Predator films, uh, outside of maybe the second one, the Predator yeah. 2, I think that one's, but it's still kind of the same where they're kind of built like slasher movies, except you're kind of yes. meant to care more about who's it, who's getting Isn't killed it, off. Yeah. And they're meant to be more capable. Whereas this one, yeah. she's the, she's hunting the predator. Yeah. And there's almost yeah. no one else. Like it's yeah. basically her and a few others. And there, there is a lot of death still, and it does find ways to kill off a lot of people, but it's, um, it's especially like, colonial it's, people. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know about that. Until I watched yeah. it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a bit different in that sense, and it, it like it's. Um, not sure I had much other point aside from I thought it did a very good job of yeah. finding another approach to the topic. Yeah, because like um, in Prey, when I first saw the teaser, I didn't know what it was, because like the uh, teaser was so short. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was one last point. I'm trying to because I wrote notes on it. I'm trying to get them. See if I can find it. Um, oh, that was the one thing. Yeah, the, about the premise, like and kind of subverting it, not being about a group of arrogant, strong people, mainly yeah. men. Yeah. And I'll think about how it. I feel. I feel like this premise does a really good job of highlighting how innately villainous. Like, it demonizes the predator better than those movies did. Because, like, okay, kind of. I feel like the core. Of, I mean, maybe other people disagree. I don't know. But the core of Predator is that he's a big game hunter preying on humans with advanced tech. And like, it's completely unfair, even though there's kind of meant to be like kind of a code of honor in that he kind of doesn't kill things until they attack him or something like that. Yeah. And he can't, like, he won't kill things that don't have a weapon or don't pose a threat. 
Yeah, but it's like it's still like not a balanced fight at all. Like the only time he's ever taken down is through arrogance because mm. he's been caught unaware because he's preying on ants, you know? Like yeah. everything about his situation, like the predator situation is meant to be like this guy is a dick being invisible, stalking his prey like days ahead of time and then killing them suddenly. Like you're not like the whole thing is like like they're hunting unfairly. And the humans oh. like kind of role in that is to fight you know find a way to like um undermine the predator and survive and i was thinking about this symbolism that's how i see it yeah and this one's like this one you know like it amps up that divide like contrast like juxtaposition is the word between the predator being advanced and like you know a native american woman from alone like a young one as well yeah with like bows and barely anything available and still you know still being preyed upon <laughs> by this like monster yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it's um yeah and like this is very much like there's like some symbolism there of like maybe you know talking about the way the you know the europeans colonized the 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 rest of the world with very highly like very advanced technology and using that to their yeah. like a very unfair advantage and you know, this is kind of, and, and I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's like a Native American woman, like a Native American kind of depiction of them fight, fighting a superior, um, finding a superior enemy, sorry, not superior enemy, fighting an enemy that thinks they're superior because they have, you know, technology and other things, mm-hmm. and the, and basically not not seeing the human as their equal. You know, and then yeah. hunting them down basically for sport, which is what you know colonials did, <laughs> European co- colonists yeah. did against the um, you know, kind of the native peoples, and then I guess like through their own hubris being taken down eventually through their arrogance or through you know, yeah, like there, there's definitely some symbolism there that I think maybe yeah, exactly. um, it's like I, I love yeah. that. Like I thought yeah. that was like that's kind of why I think it's better than the other ones. It's yeah. like it kind of. Not just because of the somatic stuff, but just... I mean, that's a big part of it. I think yeah. it just worked better as a story. Yeah, because, like... I mean, even in the original Predator, like, yes, they didn't know about it. As in, they didn't know there was one, but, like, um, the fact that they had, like, machine guns and, like, you know, they still had, like, pretty powerful weaponry versus, like, an axe, a bow and arrow, <laughs> you know, yeah. daggers or whatever. Like, this... this the The gap... Like, like the the predator's OP. Like this, this, this is like definitely needs a balance patch. Like this, this, this scenario. Like this is that type yep. of fight. It's like a a proper underdog fight. I think that's why it's probably more uh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like- I, actually, knowing that, um, I didn't even know it was on Disney Plus. So I'm I'm gonna tell my wife. I think this is gonna be the this and probably Bahu Bali is probably gonna be what we're gonna watch this weekend. <laughs> Well, as like if it helps, Prey is hundred minutes, like an hour forty. Bahabali is three hours each. So. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Prey might be a better, better. Uh, might be an easier um, one to get through. Yeah. <laughs> Prey is like a snack if if Bahubali is like a full on meal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's 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 good to hear. No, that's um. Yeah, I think I think that's a that that was a good show. I think that's a that's a good good a fair bit of like pop culture talk. Uh, and and honestly, that I'm delighted, surprised and delighted at the topics this week. <laughs> yeah.
at least get more recommendations of Indian movies from you because it Maybe. sounds like you know, it's a few. Yeah, man, hundred uh, percent. Like, um, I mean, do you like do you like drama? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you might like. There's a movie called Kabiru Singh, K A B I R Singh from, and it's on Netflix from a couple of from 2018, I think. That that's kind of like a really good um like if you like a kind of love story drama, different time periods like I think you'd like that um okay. kind of like character growth and kind of change and things like that like I mean I could give you some other kind of classics kind of like things that are like kind of if you if you ask any person like they've just seen it like any Indian person they're just like oh these movies oh, like okay. you just have to know I can I'll send you that list <laughs> okay cool. Maybe. Um, but yeah, for me, haven't really watched anything further. I'm now in season four of Bosch, and that's fucking, and it's such a cool show. And uh, still watching Resident Evil, um, the TV show. Uh, you know, I still don't hate it. I, I still, I actually like it. I think it's kind of like it's got its own charms to it. Um, and I think I'm like we're kind of like halfway through, and we're finally like things are starting to get kind of revealed. Um, okay. but yeah, all I can say is that it does a typical thing where the tragedy befalling the protagonist could be avoided if they just talked to someone else and let them know what was happening. It's just one of those like kind of, yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's probably the most annoying part, but otherwise like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, been enjoying it so far. Mm. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> that's good to, I guess that's good, good to good to know um yeah. no it's like excited to hear more as you progress <laughs> yeah. oh, i like it i like hearing these updates actually yeah okay. i don't mind it maybe what we need to do is we need to have like a like a like a thing that we watch like we just have like a like we we watch okay we should watch this movie this week or let's like if if we if we can't like you know it's like a if we don't find a game that we both play or that we're hyped about. Maybe we look at like, okay, let's let's watch the first three episodes of this show, like this classic anime oh, yeah. or something, and then we can talk about it. Maybe, maybe that could be an idea. Yeah, <laughs> for... anime's a good one because it won't take up too much. Like you know, it's like yeah. easy to fit in. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Well, uh, let's uh, let's take it to the end of the show then. As always, please send us your questions and uh, your responses to some of the topics we've discussed this week. Uh, podcast at doublejump.co is our official email, so send your questions and responses through. Otherwise, uh, head over to doublejump.co uh, and read all of our awesome articles, including Kate's uh, great piece talking about, I guess, the dissonance between cyberpunk's kind of visual style and level of polish versus the quality of its narrative. I think it's a it's a great read as you as you pointed out before, especially pointing out kind of some of the troubling depictions within the game that yes, it's coming from a like a Eastern European developer. And yes, like there's some, you know, you you would have see it from their lens or whatever, but I don't know if that excuses everything. It's like, you know, when people say, Oh, it's Japan, that's why they depict women like this. It's like, oh, I don't know if that's 
Uh, I don't know if that's what we can, <laughs> what we should do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But as always, um, you can, as always, Double Jump Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members and patrons. Uh, you too can support Double Jump by going to doublejump.co slash memberships or patreon.com slash doublejump. Uh, John, thank you, my friend. It's it's absolute pleasure uh, chatting again, especially... Uh, with you regaling me about your experiences with uh, Indian cinema. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Amir. It's a good time. Yeah, it's good ch- good chat this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I wonder if like, you'll, you'll troll through um, the, the archives and see what's, what else is recommended. Because there's plenty of plenty of cinema in India that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll give I you think... some recommendations. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> I think I'd have to show it kind of stuff yeah it's gonna do it now for sure but until next time everyone look out for one another uh, and uh, yeah peace see ya bye (laughs) Uh, that was a fun one (laughs) bye